Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. This week we get our nerd on as we put It'll Never Work up against How To. And we take a special look at Bill Nye the Science Guy. Producer Paul and I are still in different locations but as ever we're here to still bring you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. So, let's get started. And joining me as ever, it's producer Paul. Hey man, how's it going? I'm good, thanks. I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I'm I'm really enjoying this week. It's really right on my street. I mean, I'm I'm not a, I'm not a nerd by any means, and I wasn't I didn't do too well at school, but I still enjoy all this science stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know why I said get your nerd on, but um, because I yeah I watched how to and it will never work yep yep me too well obviously yeah being from the uk probably didn't watch bill nye the science guy yeah no not at all didn't even know it existed i mean i know who bill nye is and i know he's known as bill nye the science guy but i never i never realized he had his own own show by by his own right yeah and also, I think I wanted to switch it up a little bit because obviously we mainly do like cartoons and TV shows, don't we? Yeah, I yeah. kind of, kind of wanted to explore other TV programs that we may have been watching growing up. And yeah, I think that these shows were probably as much as my after-school intake, more as much as cartoons were, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, I, I, most of my friends and stuff like watch it, watched um, How to and. Um, um, it will never work. Like we always used to talk about it at school. I mean, we didn't. It was one of those open, not open secret, but um, it was one of those where I watched it, you watched it, but we're not going to tell we watched it. Yeah, you know I watched it, but we ain't gonna say nothing. Yeah, I think I, I think I said in a previous podcast about um an episode of How to that everyone in my science class, no, in my food technology class watched, um. But no one admitted to watching it because they were talking about how when you shake flour, then all the lumps of the flour come to the top. And they explained it in an, in an episode the day before on how to. And everyone at the same time were like, oh, because the teacher was like, I don't know why, but this happens. And everyone was like, I know why. It's because this and this and this. And, that, and I was like, I was like, you all watched it. You all watched it. Was it the quarter cake then? Um. That, I don't know. I can't remember the episode because I didn't watch it this time around. Oh, okay. So, yeah, let's uh, let's jump right into this uh, science fest and nerd fest. We're going to start with how to and we're going to go back to September 1990 <laughs> again. I think it's appropriate that it's September, though, because this is more of a schooly episode, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, naturally it made sense to bring a new show most most of the time it does make sense i'm i'm just being stupid as <laughs> south ossetia declares its independence from georgia the premier of north korea yon hyong muk meets with president of south korea ro tae the highest level contact between the leaders of the two koreas since 1945 the two German states and the four powers signed the treaty on the final settlement with respect to Germany in Moscow 
paving the way for German reunification. Four powers obviously were the UK, USA, France and Russia or the Soviet Union. This was after the Second World War and I think they split Berlin all up and not all of that. Goodfellas was in the cinemas and If Wishes Came True by Sweet Sensation was number one in the charts. And obviously that brings us to How To, an informative educational program which was produced by uh, TVS between 1990 and 1991 and then STV Productions which was Scottish Television from 1992 to 2006. Obviously it came from the original show How which was produced from 1966 up until 1981 and the original how show was designed to provide answers to questions beginning with the word how and it was originally devised for an audience of adults returning from the pub and the aim would be to give facts and demonstrations that could settle arguments or be used as pub tricks and obviously each episode began with the presenters all raising one hand saying how simultaneously playing on a stereotypical Native American greeting. And common topics included science, history, mathematics, and simple puzzles. And yeah, Fred Dinage was the only presenter to appear in both incarnations of How, presenting the shows for a total of 31 years, which begs the question, how old is he? I think he's getting on a bit now, surely. Man, he was getting on in 66. If he was hosting the show in 66 and stayed on until 2006, then damn. But it's like the teachers that you had at school and then you go back to the school like 20 years later and they look exactly the same. You know, they were were like an old teacher back in the day. And then you go back and they're still (laughs) looking exactly the same. Uh, Apparently his daughter is a conservative MP, which kind of soured Fred Dinage for me because I was like, he was my childhood and he raised a, a Tory. Must be a Tory himself then. No, probably. Normally I wouldn't say, normally I'd say it wouldn't really matter what your political affiliation is, but... Uh, I mean, yeah. I think it's always mattered, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I I think yeah, I think it always has. It was just one of those where it may not have been this bad. It may not have been so I yeah, think it was I don't know. like bad in the eighties and then it maybe got a little bit better and then gone bad again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, the other presenters of uh how to I was about to say countdown because of Carol Vorderman. Yeah, so Carol Vorderman was obviously a big part of um of how she presented between 1990 and 1996, and then 98. Gareth Jones, I think he was a, a fixture on how to from the beginning until the end. You had Sean Lloyd, who I believe she was the ITV weather lady at one point. Not at one point, but like she was a right one of the weather ladies I remember prominently growing up, just seeing her face. Sponsored by PowerGen or something like that. Gail Porter joined in 1999 and then Gail McKenna 
joined in 2000 until the show came to an end in 2006. So, how? How? Let's talk about it. Well, well yeah, let's let's talk about this show that we we watched growing up. I mean, I looked forward to how when it came on. I enjoyed watching it. Yeah, me too. I think one of the interesting things that you mentioned before was that it was it was made for originally for people who are coming back from the pub because in one episode, in fact, in two episodes, they start off with like this kind of trick. Yeah, where, where like they had this there's, this, there's a trick you can do where you put a bottle topside down onto a, a, onto a banknote, and then the trick is to get the the note out without, um, yeah, you know, knocking the bottle over. And if you get it, then it's yours. And it's kind of a pub game that, you know, you you bet your mates on kind of thing. Um, and um, yeah, they did that at the beginning of one of the episodes, and I found it quite interesting. Um, I kind actually of watched that episode too. That trick is making a comeback on um on the internet as well have you seen the people doing it and they're like but they've got a new way of doing it so the trick is obviously to to roll the note up yeah um, and then it will slide out of the bottle um and people are doing this new thing where they're like well you've glued it to the to the note and they're like no i haven't look and they lift it up and then when they lift it up to show that it's not glued they snatched <laughs> snatched the money away <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's not a trick though that's just you getting robbed <laughs> yeah that's true but it's that's still a shakedown that is um, but yeah, no, I completely you ain't agree. got tricked. You got robbed. <laughs> That's what that is. Shoot. Um, but yeah, they, they take the money and run away. Um, uh, but yeah, same as you, really. I watched the show. I loved the show. Um, but the thing is, and, I, and this goes for every single show this this week, is that this is what science should be, right? So this science is kind of like, what happens if I do this? You know, how do I do this? You know, and and figuring out a way to do it and then does it work does it not work um yeah and the, and the thing is like when it inspires an inquisitive mind and it's really really good but then you get back into the science lab at school and you start reading can you like can you read chapter six through chapter eight and then write down and then answer the questions on the bottom of the page and it's like that's all science was for me in secondary school we very rarely even did experiments and it was like and even when you did the exper- experiments, it was so like the teachers were kind of reading from a from a from a page, and you know, like do this and then do this and then write down your findings and then do the questions at the bottom of the page. And it's like, come on, like this is not inspiring stuff. Um, so these these shows are really cool, like inspiring that like yeah. inquisitiveness and science for for kids. I think what I was going to say was, you know, I think I th- I think I said last week that out of maths, English, science, English was my um was my best one yeah i would say science was actually not even like out of the three out of everything like science was my worst subject at school i hated science i just didn't it just didn't click with me yeah Yeah. at all just i i anything about science i just I, i didn't i didn't get it and the thing was it was like i'd watch these shows and i would get it and I yeah. would like it. So if they were like, I don't know, talking about, I think a, a better example would be on um, Bill Nye, the science guy, but like the kind of the general kind of point is that they would do something, I don't know, like teaching you about how converging lines can make you see things in a certain way. 
Yeah. So something really close might be really, really small and something really far might be really big, but really the closest thing might be the biggest thing and vice versa. So like learning stuff about that, you're like, oh my God, that's so cool. So you can see something that's really close. And yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things that was really interesting for me, like just as a person was physics and space and, and things like that. I really liked it. And then when you get to the science again, it kind of ruins it. So like these ones, when they're talking about like, when they're talking about space and how things interact with one another, it's like, it's practical and it looks cool. Do you know what I mean? They're doing it in a really, really fun way. Like when, in how to, they did one with a bouncy ball and you know, the bouncy balls on one another. Yeah. And, and it's things like that. that's like makes it fun and, and like easily accessible for the, you know, they're not using jargon and things like that. They're kind of dumbing it down. So, so it's like palatable for all ages as well. I did, I did see the one about the bouncing ball. Oh, solar system. That was, probably the one thing in science that I didn't think was so bad. I mm. did I did like learning about the planets and my very easy method just speeds up naming planets. Or my very educated mother just made us nine pies. Yeah, even though like the the last one doesn't count anymore cuz Pluto I was, was demoted about Pluto. <laughs> don't exist anymore it's a dwarf planet now i don't i don't think it that it gets a lot of rap but i mean it's still sitting there in the edge of the solar system i think it should be is it i heard i had uh heard pluto fell off as far <laughs> as i'm concerned floated away joined another team heard it fell off <laughs> heard, 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 heard heard yeah pluto is, is gone right so let's talk about um episodes we watched of uh how to and just yeah talk about what we watched all right so first one i watched was um the five a bottle one and they're talking about the hieroglyphics yeah i watched um, that too let me get my notes for that episode so you'll probably able to fill in the gap more than me because my <clears throat> notes are quite sparse because i was just trying to kind of watch the episode and and consume yeah, what they're telling me i try me. to do that as much as possible and try and make notes so that i don't kind of forget what they actually what... said yeah exactly yeah so when you read your notes back from a school book, I did like was... Carol Vordmer going, "Oh, they're like, oh, would they were like, how do you pick up a fiver?" And Carol would be like, "Oh, I would have taken it to the police." And I like how Gareth was like, "Oh, if you do a hard day's work, you get a fiver." I'm like, "In what factory are you trying to mug me off with that?" Yeah, five pound. Do me a favor. Mind you, five pound when you're a kid was quite a lot of money, wasn't it? Actually, do, yeah. do you remember back in the day with like penny sweets and you if you had like one pound you'd come back with 100 sweets or if you were feeling like if you're feeling like really like kind of um affluent you'd go to like the 2p sweets or even a 5p sweet and sometimes like the 10p wham okay, bars the sherbets yeah can you remember those? the sherbet sticks they're like 1p and but the thing is you've got to be careful not to wet the end because otherwise it gets stuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> God, that was just sugar, wasn't it? It literally just pouring just sugar down your face. Up sugar in your mouth. <laughs> but Carol Vorderman does a hieroglyphics um, countdown thing. Oh, that that was really cool. I, I did like that. Cool. Yeah. Um, Can we have then, a vowel, please, Carol? And she's like, "This could be this or this or this," which is really interesting. And the thing is, I didn't know. I knew I've heard I've heard of the Rosetta Stone. Yeah. But I didn't know what the Rosetta Stone was. I didn't know it was a an actual like thing with like different languages on it, including hieroglyphics. I thought that was incredible. Yeah. So anyway, and yeah. it's sitting somewhere in one of the museums because the UK is full of thieving gits. 
Because <laughs> we actually you... went in Egypt. We went to um, I think there's a place in Egypt called Rosetta. Ah. And I remember we all, when we read about the Rosetta Stone, we were like, oh, let's go to this place, Rosetta, whatever. We went there for like the day or something. And it was mad because I remember like telling, because I kind of organized a trip with, with everybody in, in the school, whatever. And I'd said, oh, disclaimer, y'all, the Rosetta Stone is actually not here. But let's have a good day out anyway. And I think people weren't really listening. And so they were like, yeah, 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 whatever. Let's 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 all go road trip and and what have you. We all go there. We don't see no Rosetta Stone. I was like, man, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't told y'all the Rosetta Stone wasn't here. Like everybody like giving me heat, and I'm like, what are you giving me heat for? What did I do? I I told you lot the Rosetta Stone is in London somewhere because yeah, I just I just uh, googled it. It's in the British Museum. There you go. Yeah, I was, yeah Which, the British yeah. Museum. I mean, I would love to. I'd love to see it. I might actually go and make an effort to see it if the museums are open or when they open. I'd imagine they are now, seeing as everything is uh, yeah, COVID's slowly finished, isn't it? again. COVID's finished. It's all over. <laughs> it's all over. It's not going to be a second spike because of just this is getting too early. started. We just getting started. Ooh wee. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, I wrote it, yeah countdown parody. Very yeah, funny. and then they expect, and then they explain that hieroglyphics can be read up, down, left, to right, vowels, no vowels, and this and that and the other. So like you kind of make it up as you go along, which is incredible because you'd have had to know the language like really well to understand yeah what context it was in. And it's funny that a language just like fell off the face of the earth, you know. Mm. Uh, anyway, I found that absolutely fascinating. Um, then they, they mentioned this massive flower that measures 1.5 meters across and then sucks the life force out of all the other flowers around it, weighs seven kilos and eats flies. Yeah, I, I read, yeah, he used it for, no, he used it for used pollination. It pollination. Yeah, which is like, I thought that was incredible and a bit a bit creepy as well. I'm not sure about you. Yeah, very creepy. Um, yeah, there was also, how do you taste food with your eyes? Oh yeah, that was, that that was, was, really, that was so cool. That was a really good one. We I remember when we were younger, my sisters and uh, used to like set up a blind taste test for us, and we had to guess the flat. We had to guess the flavour of the thing that they put in front of us. <laughs> um, it's a bit weird, but I mean, I'd recommend like ready, giving steady it cook, a go. Isn't it? Sorry, it's like Ready Steady Cook with Ainsley Harriet. Yeah, I don't like, know. No, it, no, at the end of Ready Steady Cook, because obviously there's like team. Susie salt, no, is it pepper and salt? pepper and tomatoes? Is it? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Red tomatoes and green peppers. So like, team green peppers will cook something. Team red tomatoes will cook something. And at the end, they do the blindfold and they have to t- taste each one. Oh, and they have to they say do which blindfold one is the, the best. The thing is, is it, it just shows you how much like you do really. You kind of taste with your eyes and and everything else. You know what I mean? So if something looks a bit untoward, you're gonna. But the thing is, that's like a survival technique as well isn't it it's not just like a so it looks a bit dodgy you ain't gonna want to eat it Mm, Um, you're not gonna want to put it in your mouth and then realize it's bad (laughs) you'd rather (laughs) (laughs) Um, if if i can see it won't look right then i'm not gonna eat it um the skiing uphill one where how do you ski uphill i thought was absolutely fascinating yeah so um like they used in originally they used fur 
taped on the bottom of a screw a ski and then like like you so when it goes downhill it's kind of like stroking a like a animal the right way and then when you're going uphill it kind of the wrong way so that it doesn't slide down but it can still go up fascinating yeah. stuff anyway i thought it really so. is um what did i say yeah you just turn them around isn't it yeah whatever you just had you turn it around and then the friction yeah. obviously the friction is the thing that takes you down so if you flip it over yeah so you could always go f- you could always go forward but you can never go backwards and that applies for downhill as well so t- you could always go downhill and uphill but then if you if you tried to slide backwards it would stop you i think that's that's the theory right um then the paper stronger than ruler thing i thought was quite interesting i got how do you make melba toast oh yeah that was a yeah you can say that bit because i was like that sounds way too posh for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just basically you get a bit of toast put it in the toaster Cut it. You get it out. You cut. You cut the crust. You slice through, it, and then you put it back in the toaster, and that's how you make Melba toast. And uh, you can keep it stored for up to a month, named after Dame Nellie Melba. I think she was Australian cl- classical mu- classical artist, maybe. I mean, that just sounds like what. Uh, what I don't understand is like even if you're having pate and whatever. What, why can't you just have a normal toast anyway and deal with a little bit of give in the middle? And even when you have like medium, so I, I don't really like medium. This is going to sound so like what um, um first world problem, but I'll say it anyway. Do you know like medium toast? You've got medium sliced bread and you've got thick sliced bread, right? When you, if, you over, if you overcook medium sliced bread, you can basically smash it on the side, which I, does my head in. I don't really like toast. Really, you don't like toast? Everyone. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I like it and butter. I eat it, but I prefer like the bread to be as soft as possible. Yeah, I, I do if I'm having a sandwich, but if I'm having toast, just like with like chocolate spread on it. No, but with, sometimes you know, butter. like you just you just get the bread out of the bag, or whatever, and you just put butter on it and just eat that. I, I don't do that. that. Do you know? I, when, I do that. If you have an egg sandwich, the bread has to be white, with loads of butter. And like as soft as possible, the softest bread. So yeah. You can like mop up the yolk and say, oh my God. But I just have that with everything. Really? That is like my sort of choice, just as soft as humanly possible. And if I have to have toast, it has to be like golden brown. Not like black. No. <laughs> it's got to be golden brown, texture like sun. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be like that. And I think the last thing of that was how do you decorate your room with a can of beans, which I wasn't... I was like, who's going to do that, man? And if anyone does do that, they're going to get their head kicked in by their parents. Can you imagine like a kid that's like yeah. just got his bedroom decorated and they've just spent quite a lot of money doing it and he's like, mum, look, look what I did. And then the mum's just like... Attach a bit of <gasps> rope on the beans and it's like got all these weird lines. Nah. Yeah, I didn't like that. That's definitely not for me. And that was that, was that episode. Yeah, so I went on to the 2003 version. Oh, I um, watched a 2003 version too. Was there one with a ring? Yeah, yeah, oh. I watched that too. Uh, um, so this one was like, this one wasn't as good for a start. Straight up wasn't as good. But I did learn something. I think it looked new, didn't it? It was one yeah. of those where, I don't want to say it lost its sort of Charm. magic and whatever. Because yeah. obviously by 2003, I was not watching how to yeah safe to say so um 
I didn't even remember Gail McKenna at all. No, I didn't either, to be honest. I'm, I'm, it took me a while to realize because the, because the picture was so bad on the on the old TVs that it took me a while to realize it wasn't Carol Vorderman until she spoke. So I was like, because you know, like comes it comes in on the wide shot. And I'm like, yeah, it oh, was it, definitely not Carol Vorderman. No, no, exactly. And as soon as it went to her, I was like, oh, it's not her. Um, but then I think I can't remember what year Carol Vorderman was replaced on Countdown I don't, with that, um, with Rachel Riley. Can't have been before 2006. I don't know. I was just, I was just wondering if her career just tanked and then she didn't get any work. Even I don't think Carol Vorderman's career tanked. I think she's still all over the place. Really? Yeah. She got booted off Countdown. Not really sure why. I mean, I mean, we all know why, don't we? Let's be honest. She got replaced by a younger model. <laughs> Literally traded her in. Um, yeah. Without you know. Um, anyway, before we get gone that treacherous path, um, <laughs> let's move swiftly on. Um, so this one was about like um, they talked about the the little again the little pub trick where you. I don't even know how that really worked. Changing but, um, the laws of gravity. Yeah, defying law-defying gravity trick thing. Um, didn't find it that interesting. How do you change the laws of gravity? So keeping in theme with the show. Oh yeah, sorry. How do you change the laws of gravity? And then it's, I don't know what the how bit of this was, but they they were talking about how to maybe how to find a cheater in a running race. No, so uh, no. Let's let's talk about the the laws of gravity thing first. Don't just jump out of it. So you get his, <laughs> so your man's got like this bit of elastic, got the ring on it. If you just kind of tug, the I'll ring will tall, kind yeah. of go upwards. Yes, I think he what he did was he put so he puts like elastic, loads of spare elastic in in his hand where the ring is close to. Then in the other hand, he pulls the elastic really tight, and as he lets it go from the hand with loads of elastic in it, it makes um, the elastic gets thicker and then pulls the ring upwards. Um, That's kind of dope. I mean, I might, if I have some elastic, I might give it a go, but I'm not <laughs> going to look for some. Um, and I probably won't tell anyone I've done it. <laughs> I'll just do it. <laughs> or maybe if it works, then I'll be like, um, guys, check this out. I learned this all by myself. Didn't watch how to or anything, even when I was in my thirties. <laughs> um, uh, right. Can we move on now? Yes. Um, okay. <laughs> so the next one was about cheaters and how they figure out if someone's cheated, especially in a marathon where apparently in in the night was it nineties a a, a, a a Boston Marathon runner um, basically just jumped the fence on the last stint of the marathon and won it. It basically just like everyone else has run like twenty six miles and he's just legged it for like a hundred meters. <laughs> he's like you you don't look hot at all he's like nah to be honest i'm really fit <laughs> i could run it again <laughs> my man <laughs> um and then that's when they're, t- t- they're kind of introducing like kind of transponders and a champion championship chip. that like kind of tell everyone where they are it doesn't work in this in fact it works exactly like a transponder in a racing car where they know but they go past per- certain checkpoints and it and it tags them it kind of checks them in sort of thing a bit like um uh, a tag from a if you if you get in trouble and you have to wear a tag on your ankle. Ah, oh, okay, yeah, I, I know what you mean. And you had how can you make a wine glass wobble? See, this is one of my favourite things to do with a wine glass. Like, uh, 
I'm the annoying guy in a restaurant that's like, <laughs> everyone turns around, I'm like, <laughs> just remember Will Smith on the very first episode of Fresh Pints where he's like playing a tune with all oh, the like yeah. fancy glasses. And... <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff on the New York episodes, I just kind of thought, Mm. It don't it don't it don't seem that special. It doesn't seem like I don't know. There's just something about these newer stuff that that they were doing. It was just like, oh yeah, how'd you make a wine glass wobble? It wasn't something that I didn't know. Yeah. I uh, guess that it, the end game for that wine glass was putting it on a speaker and playing really loud music or playing music at the like the precise music and playing that really loud and then the glass will break. Yeah. Yeah. So and the thing is like, you, you've seen it when people do it now, when they like scream at the glass or like sing at it or whatever, and it smashes. So I've seen that on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what I'm trying to say, I think is that by the end of its run, I think they were kind of telling us answers to questions we already knew. No. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. Part, That's what apart, I think. Apart from the next one, which was, which was addressing the um, the the more effect, which was I thought was like, which I thought was really interesting. So, on TV, when you wear a specific pattern, the picture goes all fuzzy, and it's still like this was like made in the ninety or this is two thousand and three, but like so like in the early two thousands, you have the thing where you wear a check jacket and it goes all weird on TV, all fuzzy and really weird. Yeah, and. I didn't know why that happened, um, and now I do know why it happened, and it, which is which is quite cool. And then they went on to like chroma keys, where they like key people out, and and they keyed out um, what's his name shirt, Roger's shirt. Was it Roger? Fred. Fred. Well, I had like, Roger Hargreaves in my head for some reason. Um, I think did do the original. I'm not sure to be honest. Um, but the yeah the chroma key thing where they keyed out his shirt and. And the Luma Key kind of thing where they'd like, they're making the whites disappear, um, which is just like geeky kind of TV stuff, which I found yeah. quite interesting. Yeah. yeah. How can you tell who'd done it? So they were saying about about the drawing room. Yeah. If the if the wallpaper may have contained arsenic in it, and that might have been the thing that killed Napoleon. Because I think, yeah, what was it? They, um... if it got wet and damp, yeah, then it gave up, gave up arsenic gas. Yeah, but I can't remember what it's called. It's coming something like something. Yeah, ars- it was something arsenic. Or... Yeah, but no, yeah, that that is what apparently may have killed Napoleon Bonaparte. I thought that was quite. I didn't know that. Did you? No, I had no idea how. Uh, bit of a fact. Napoleon met his end, but um, I mean, he kind of portrayed himself as this big war leader, and that's how he went out. Yeah, bit of dodgy wallpaper. wallpaper. Can you imagine the guy that did it? He's just like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Like doing the wallpaper, just don't get it wet. Whatever you do, don't get it wet, um, and and you'll be fine. Um, and then it got wet. <laughs> um, the oh, the bouncy ball thing. So this this bouncy ball. This thing, was cool. I like this. this. Is this has made a comeback on the internet? Have you seen it? The the like the inertia kind of thing where the people have been putting bottles on like um, basketballs or something like that. They drop yeah. the, the ball and it bounces up, they catch it and they drink it. And it's kind of like the trick. Loads of videos of it going wrong, which is hilarious. Um, 
but yeah, so it's kind of they put a bouncy ball on a bouncy ball, and when that bouncy ball hits the floor, the one on top goes flying, like kind of like a um a reaction to bouncing on a bouncy ball, I guess. Um, yeah, very interesting. Quite cool. They didn't really explain the physics, but um, which I I think they probably would have done in an earlier episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and 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 also going on from that, I was going to go to the end and then we'll we'll jump back. But right at the end, they kind of like were like, "This is how to build a puppet," and they made like puppet out of um, loo rolls, toilet paper, <clears throat> pipe and, cleaners. And I thought that that's kind of for me anyway. Just watching as a kid and watching now, that's kind of like it really dumbs down your demographic. Then I just think the demographic changed by the. 2000s yeah exactly so it went to like kids more than like there's still kids but i mean younger much younger kids who want to play with puppets rather than kids that are inquisitive and are likely to go outside and find something in dad's shed to to play with you know yeah right so is that is that two you watched yeah that's the two i watched yeah okay so i can talk about the 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 episode i watched so how can you make matchless magic? This made me laugh so much. I don't know why. So it's basically how can you move boxes of matches without people knowing? So you have like one, two, three boxes of matches. He picks one up, shakes. There's matches inside, picks two, picks two. So he moves them about. He's like, okay, so which one is in it? So they're like, oh, it's this one. Nope. It's this one. Nope. It's this one. Nope. And so basically... The the trick is that he's got a fourth box hidden underneath his sleeve and he's just shaking about. Uh, so he's so like, yes, that's how you move boxes of matches without people knowing. So It's kind of like, the, do you remember the show called The Real Hustle? It yes. Was like, but it was ad, aimed at adults, I think. And they kind yeah. of like, would do tricks and they'd show you like the street hustles and stuff like that. Same sort of thing. That's cool. Oh, God. That program just kind of made people... Just, it was one of those... Oh look, they can see your um, password. Or yeah, that program was uh, was 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 a bit much for me. Um, then you had how can seeing be misbelieving? So in terms of like Russian dolls, and it was like with with eyes they can exaggerate vertical lines. So as I was saying before, something really really close might look small to you and something really really far can look really large but in terms of vertical lines if you flip it they can kind of look similar so like the the small thing can look big and the big thing can look small and 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 vice versa how does a dog keep its cool so i think you kind of mentioned it with monty with not leaving the dog in the car because when they pant they 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 cool because they don't sweat yeah, they don't. Yeah, they don't sweat, so they just have wet tongues, don't they? Or they just wet their yeah, tongues. When, and when, yeah, when a dog's panting, that's like when it's sweating. And the other one was, how do four quarters make a cake? So yeah, this is the classic French cake called quatre cans. Apologies to our French listeners if I said that wrong. I know there's a a few of you lurking out there, so uh, yeah. So basically, yeah, this is basically yeah a French cake with four ingredients weighing exactly the same. So it's eggs, caster sugar, self-raising flour, and butter, all weighing the exact same. 
kind of mix them all together, put it in the oven, and you've got the four quarters, which is in French, quatre cans. Then there was how can you make shoes out of paper? So you get a bit of cardboard box, bit of wrapping paper, and then the corrugated soles of I think old boots, and then you put it all together, and then you get like shoes made out of paper. How do you look up someone's name in the phone book in Iceland? So the interesting thing about Iceland is I think they don't really have last names. So, for example, really? yeah. So it's kind of like you just add son to the last name or daughter to the first name. So obviously, for example, I think you might be Paul Wixon in Iceland. Uh... And I think daughter, there's a another way to say daughter, but I couldn't remember the daughter one. But I think in terms of son, so it would be like Magnuson or oh, Alfred. Like Kevin, Kevin Magnuson. Yeah. Don't know who the, the hell that is. The when... Formula One driver. Of course he is. How can you have a thunderstorm indoors? And this was like one of those things where you get a wind machine, handful of dry peas on drum skin, which makes the rain, lightning shutters. And I think you make that from galvanized steel, make a loads of racket, and that's how you have a thunderstorm indoors. Uh, yeah, that was the the episode I watched. Any any final thoughts on uh, how to? I think that going looking back on it, I think the nineties uh, maybe it was my age range, but even looking back on it now, the nineties version seemed to be so much better. Absolutely, than, than the you know the two thousand ones, and I th- I found it more interesting. Even now, as an adult, I find it more interesting to watch. Maybe it's because um, it was more complicated back in the day. Well, not complicated, but not palatable for the kids, if you see what I mean. Um, and the other one was, uh, I don't know which one did better in the ratings, but um, I certainly preferred the older one. Yeah, well, I, I'd say exactly the same, to be honest. But um, I think there was a, I think they kind of, with most TV shows, I think they wanted to freshen it up and they wanted to see if they could... Uh, appeal to even wider demographics so getting even younger kids watching it so they would try and talk in a certain way very exaggerated like oh i'm just running the race or whatever it was you're like i just ran the race and making everything more than what it is and and i think with the older version it just it had a a natural authenticity to it whereas yeah like you were saying inquisitive minds of like slightly older kids who would kind of sit down after school and watch it and just just enjoy it for what it is whereas the newer version just kind of felt like they were doing things that either we already knew or things that we would never really do that makes any sense yeah, completely, completely agree. It'll never work. So now we're going back to November 1993 and some of the things happening in the world. General Sani Abacha 
leads a military coup against Ernest Shonekan's transitional administration and returns the Nigerian government to military control. We love a coup d'etat on yesterday's capers because most of the things happening in the world, there's always a coup d'etat. The Maastricht Treaty takes effect, formally establishing the European Union. The Observer reveals that a channel of communication has existed between the provisional Irish Republican Army and the British government, despite the government's persistent denials. Mrs. Doubtfire was in the cinemas. And Who Am I? What's My Name? by Snoop Dogg was in the charts. This was when Snoop Dogg released his debut album, Doggy Style. And yeah, this is uh, the, the, the first, I think, released song from... From that very iconic album, it's probably the most, one of the most, if not the most iconic hip-hop debut album of, of all time. It was absolutely stormed the charts. It kind of, and it also put Dr. Dre on the map as well. And the G-Funk West Coast rap, this was like when it was at the height of its power. So you kind of had Snoop, you had Dr. Dre, you had Tupac, you had... So many more names that I can't... Oh, Nate Dogg, Warren G. So this was like when West Coast was really taking off. So yeah, it'll never work. So this was a TV program for children showcasing new inventions and developments in scientific technology produced by Roy Milani. And it was presented throughout its run by children's television presenter Sally Gray. He would go on to present 50-50. You had Jez Nelson and science presenter Angela Lamont. And each episode, presenters would travel worldwide to discover new gadgets and test out whether new inventions worked or not, hence the show's title. And in between the main features, you had spoof adverts that would showcase Shindogu, which is inventions that solve everyday problems but not in a practical way and obviously shindogu is a prank originating from japan which is done by a person seemingly inventing ingenious everyday gadgets that seem like an ideal solution to a particular problem but are in fact nothing more than a useless gag and the show was critically and commercially lauded winning the 1994 bafta tv award in the category of best children's program factual and it was nominated again the following year. And it more like the series achieved ratings of up to 4 million viewers. The theme song was Depeche Mode's People Are People, which is a, a great little song. And the third series introduced a competition for young inventors to submit ideas to the It'll Never Work Design Awards. And the first award ceremony was televised from Science Museum in March 1996 with uh, the judging panel, including astronomer Patrick Moore. So it will never work. Uh, this was another show that was like straight out there in my childhood. Like I remember this show. I watched this Same. show. Same. Uh, you know, I still remember some of the useless invention things from when I was a kid. Um mm. Uh, it was definitely an after school thing that I, I loved. Um, and maybe I, I feel like I was a little bit younger than watching this, but I, I can't, re I, I can't really remember when I watched it. Um, yeah. 
again, I, I, it was it was great, and it, it's another one of those things that it just inspires kids to think about things and how how things work, and you know, think about things for themselves. Like, oh, I've got an invention. I think you know, because you might make a useless thing, but you might make some multi-million pound invention as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know. There's not many kids that you see that will be like, I want to be an inventor when I when I grow up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 exactly. And that, that that kind of like, that mindset is quite a rare thing. And this is kind of like a very rare place in the world that nurtures that kind of thing. Definitely. And yeah, for me, it was, um, again, it was a show that I remember a lot growing up. Initially, I wasn't, that into it I, it kind of grew on me yeah because it was very like science and tech and very much into that and lane but once i kind of got into it i really liked it one thing to remember as well is twice the length nearly of um of how to so you have to sit still for quite a long time to watch this these this is like they're like these are like half an hour episodes um you know, with commercials kind of thing. But um, that's a long time for, to sit still, whereas How To was like a 15-minute in-and-out kind of thing. This was 20 minutes, thing. no? Twenty, like, Nearly 25 minutes long, which with commercials would have been over a half-an-hour period. But it was TV. on BBC, so... Oh, this one was on, said it was on GMTV. What, it will never work? Yeah. No, it will never work with CBBC. But anyway, so like a, with a twenty-four minute with with a twenty-four minute show, that's definitely over half an hour. Do you see what I mean? So like I think that's it a, used to come on at like five o'clock or half yeah. four on on CBBC. No, it used yeah. to come on half four, and then after news round was after that. After and the news round, I think it might have been Grange Hill. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, whatever way it was, it was definitely longer than um uh than how to, and I felt that it was longer as well. Completely felt that it was longer. Mm-hmm. But I think they kind of. There was reason to make it longer. Also, what one thing I'd say, I'd really like the presenters. I yeah. like their personality. I like that they were a bit silly sometimes. Yeah. Sally think... Gray. Shout out to Sally Gray. I would love to have a chat with you on my pod. You know, if you if you if you listen to this somehow, holla. And even Angela Lamont and 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 and, and Jez as well, like come through guys come through like i like i liked them they were informative they were educational obviously yeah sally gray she was in a lot of stuff i watched in the 90s and i think, I think yeah. these shows these shows as well like this one was for kids right it never works for kids but it almost has like the exact same format as the gadget show on channel five i think it was i'm not sure if it was broadcasting around yeah channel five channel Channel five Five. but like it almost has exactly the same format um but it's it's aimed at adults and i'm i'm sure that these shows and i expect the other show i'll mention later on but this show i'm sure gave birth to the likes of the gadget show because these ones are like kind of very interesting things like you know like how does this work how does that work and they put things to the test and you know work things out and the gadget show is literally exactly the same but just with modern day gadgets no but i think the difference is with it will never work it would just be the most outrageous things that you could possibly find in the world you put those to the test with the gadget show it would be i think genuine things yeah that people might end up going to use 
Yeah, and sometimes they put ridiculous things in it. But yeah. like I said, it was like more of like a conceptual idea. I'd say Tomorrow's World and The Gadget Show. Yeah. Put together. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it will never walk. It will never work. Crawled so that gadget show can run. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, right. Episodes. Yeah, let's go for it. Right. So the first one I watched was all about the aviation and robotic industry, and um, one of the I things I think I watched this one too. One of the things I noticed about, in fact, the whole all of the episodes I was watching was that how wrong they were about the future. And, and not I thought, quite there's one invention that we we'll, might get into which is spot on really and it's used to this day i mean the airport's going in this episode so they start off and it's basically kind of a very very avian aviation-y kind of like t- world right um it kind of goes off on a tangent towards the middle but comes back to it at the end so at the beginning they're talking about airport scanners and how you know it's really annoying when you have to go through the beeper thing you know the yeah you yeah. know the thing that you know sometimes goes off anyway and you get yeah. randomly selected yeah that's what they say they, they know they have like some guy with his foot on a button they're just like beep, beep 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 um i got randomly selected once on my way back from frankfurt um um but it turns out i had a peg on my back um from when i when when we're doing lighting i put pegs on myself to peg the 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 gels on the lights and I, I'd left one on my back. Um, anyway, um, so th- what, what it is, is this was the, the birth of the full body scanner that I think they have in quite a few airports now. They've got it in all of them. This 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 thing is called the body search. But yeah. I wrote just like body scanners. It is, it's exactly like the body scanner. Yeah, I've, exactly. I've, I've, I've had to go through the body scanners a couple of times. Yeah, me too. I went in the body scanner, right? And I was wearing a, I was wearing a t-shirt and just some normal trousers. Yeah. Had no belt on, no shoes on, no 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 nothing. Yeah, my thing now for airports is I don't wear belts and I don't wear shoes. I'm rolling in sandals. Ah, uh, that's a good idea. How many how many airports I've been through where they made me take my shoes off in Rome? They made me take my shoes off. I don't yeah. miss my my damn flight because. Them fools made me take my shoes off, and and in um, Berlin as well, they made me take my shoes off. So I was like, you know what? Anytime I go to an airport, sandals, shorts, t-shirt. Yeah, I, 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 because I wear boots uh, most of the time, especially for my work. <clears throat> I, um, I just take my boots off anyway. Even though, even sometimes they say, "Oh, you don't need to do that." I'm just like, "You're going to tell me to take them off in a minute anyway." Um, because the amount of times I've had, it's just annoying. It's a, when you have to sit on that little chair and everyone's yeah, looking at you. Yeah, you've got to take your shoes off <laughs> and then you have to put it back on. And that's when I was like, you know what? Here I am. T-shirt, shorts, sandals, no belt. Only thing in my pocket is my phone and my wallet. Yeah. Do what you got to do. And your passport. Otherwise, you're going to be going straight back again. Yeah, naturally. Goes without saying, really. But it's like, yeah, that's all I got in my pocket. Y'all do what y'all got to do. That's it. You should try going um, with all the... Every time I go um, abroad with a camera, they're always like... um, they and Open your bag. Yeah, they. And obviously, my thing is when my bag goes through the through the scanner, it's got about hundred wires and 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 stuff in it. So they're always like, "Uh, can you come with me, sir?" Oh, um, like, or, or they'll put it to the side and they'll be like, "Yep, open it." It's literally one. Do you know when it goes in that little bit? Every, yeah, almost yeah, yeah. every time my bag goes in there. Um, <laughs> but no, like body scanners. To be fair, it, to be fair, it was spot on. 
I had but, one... but the thing is, they only the the body scanners only became a thing, obviously after you had that fool who tried to like, because obviously like there was because of one guy who had I think um a bottled like um something in his pants or whatever, and and because of that you can't take foods, you can't take liquids or anything like that. Obviously, and I think there was another fool who tried to like hide something in his shoes. So it was like, right, everybody got to take their shoes off. Then you had another fool who had to, to try and keep. So that's when he said, you know what? Fine. What we're going to do is we're going to do these body scanners. But obviously you had people going, oh, my God, they're going to see, see me naked and all this stuff. And it's like, well, what would you rather? What are you going to do? Like, that's it's just, just, just the way it is. And to be fair, it, it was called, I think, the body search. But it's just, it's the body scanner. Yeah. So I was like, okay, there's there's an invention there that I noticed that they got spot on. The thing is, one 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 time when I went in one, I've only been in one a couple of times. Um, but the the first time I ever went in one, like I said, I was wearing a t shirt and I put my you had to put your arms up and stuff over your head and whatever. And they said I was wearing a watch, and I I I, I don't wear watches. If you hadn't, you can see my whole thing just come up with something <laughs> on my. Um, but anyway, yeah, obviously it's not faultless. Um, the next, the useless invention I thought was quite funny on this episode because it had like, um, it was. Like I think you forgot the carbon in the sole of your shoes and underpants that filters out bad smells. I think that was the thing that kicked off that episode. Ah, uh, yeah, I didn't. I don't even remember that bit. You, you talk about that. Yeah, it was just that, that's it, really. I just did, yeah. So they apparently, yeah, they just take like a bit of carbon and they put yeah. it like in the soles of the shoes so that you won't so they won't smell and then you had them going oh wow you can even put it in the in your in your undercrackers <laughs> and uh <laughs> it will filter out the bad smells and uh i mean yeah that's that's it really yeah so the shindogu drinks holder that was great this one actually really made me laugh um because this person's shopping and it's like, oh, they're trying to have a drink whilst they're carrying all this shopping. Like, you do, obviously. Um, and they said, <laughs> they have this like drinks holder you put around your waist and you put your can of drink in it with a really long straw. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I thought that was, quite, you know, I thought that's that hilarious. Um, I think then they went on, was it the most intelligent species after that? Yep, yep. Pigs playing video games. Yeah, which... Uh, and the guy said that I hope in the future that I want to be able to talk to pigs and find out what they're doing and thinking and stuff like that. I mean, his 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 over his overall thing was really noble, and he said I wanted to learn how to take better care of pigs. I mean, probably killing them and eating them would be a good start. Um, but yeah, I mean, better, you know what? If you want to take better care of pigs, you can start by cleaning up that pigsty they call a home. We're uh, they've got a bad rap to be fair about their cleanliness. Um, yeah, I don't want to dwell too much on that because I didn't really enjoy that bit because I was like, why are you making pigs play video so that he can eat the food? Obviously, yeah, I know, but it's like every time out... he kept hitting the target, you could see like skittles like falling out. <laughs> yeah, I know. But the thing is, they probably shouldn't be eating skittles anyway. I bet there were gelatin they're in, the, pigs. in the in the um in the sweets. They're pigs. They eat anything. That's the whole thing about pigs. They should go outside and wallow, though. That's what they like to do, isn't it? Not just in a lab. Um, what, in their filth? Yeah, if they like. Um, <laughs> it's up to them, isn't it? <laughs> um, and then I think, going on, moving on from that, they had like a greenhouse gas greenhouse gas helmet, which oh, I yeah. thought was quite interesting because I don't remember greenhouse gas as being a thing until like 2019. 
Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it feels like it's kind of like a bit. I, d- I didn't realize it was being spoken about even back then. I mean, I knew there was a hole in the ozone layer or something like that back in the day. Oh my god, yeah, that takes Remember me that. back, doesn't it? The ozone layer. <laughs> oh god. Um, if they could see us now. Yeah, can you imagine? Um, so yeah, we're, we're actually carbon neutral, burning all this fossil fuel. <laughs> Are you sure? Um, you sure uh, you're going to reach that 2030 target? <laughs> carbon emissions. It's not what they need is like um, another. 12 years of coronavirus lockdown and then they might meet the target. Um, uh, then they had another dog walker thing, which was like, um, do your washing and attach it to your Canine dog Canine clothes carrier. Oh, this is what I was, this is what I messaged you about this. Cause this was the one where it said, um, with washing, a woman's work is never done or something like that. And I, I don't get it. And I was like, that's like, what well, isn't it? It's just like, um, it, it made me think cause, was, um, what does it mean? I, I I don't get it. So basically, it means that women are always washing. Um, but the thing is, it, 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 it's not necessarily saying. Basically, what it is saying, I think, is that women are the ones to do the washing, and it's hard work, sort of thing. But they're the only ones to do it. If you see what I mean, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not belittling the task of of housework. All it's saying is that women are, women are the ones to do this. And it, I was thinking about, do you know, like. Do you know some so many times we've 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 mentioned I think on this podcast where it's like it's a different time, and, yeah, and it's like <laughs> yeah this is a different time but it's like I'll that's, say that's not that's not that's not cool man like um, yeah and what else did this episode have Tokyo robots and computers will work with each other no robots and computers will work with humans in the future humanoid robots are like. Where it's not like we robots are a massive part of today, whether it will be like the machine you scan your shopping on now or robots that have, are working in factories that literally assemble cars and whatever. Or anyway, any any kind of like small robotic thing. I mean, we work with um, robotic cameras at work. Um, so robots are a big thing, but humanoid robots haven't made it. Apart from that one in, was it? Is it Honda that's built that robot that can run and go upstairs and then fell over in that show? <laughs> is it the one where he's like crashing down? I remember Carl Pilgrim yeah. was like, "Why is he looking like he's gonna like have a poo every time?" <laughs> he's yeah, like yeah. crashing, and the way he walks, it's like, yeah, looks like he wants one. to go to the toilet. His name is Asimo. Is that it? I have no idea. I don't know how to pronounce it. Well, but... I know, like he's he he walks in a weird way, basically. Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's useless, though, isn't it? No, exactly. That's the point. It is useless. Like you don't. Ultimately, that robot's useless, and he probably cost about a hundred grand. Yeah, more than that, I reckon. How much did he cost? Oh, he cost no less than two point five million dollars. And he's useless. He can't even go up the stairs without falling over. Um, <laughs> um, did you ever watch that that movie called The Bicentennial Man? It's about um, a robot that can no. think. That's a cool movie. Anyway, it's just about like kind of like living with a robot butler kind of oh, thing. Okay, um, but like it's kind of pointless, really. All right. Do you have any more notes on this episode? Um, I did actually. Um, they had this um, helicopter thing. That was um it was the it was labeled the future of aviation because airports 
airports are becoming more crowded. Um, the air is becoming more crowded. And this and that it was like so a mix between a helicopter and, uh, and a, plane. a fire yeah. jet. Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so basically what happens is like, like as helicopter has has the kind of the prop rotor, this had two prop rotors on the um on the wings and they point upwards for vertical takeoff. So you don't need a runway. You don't need a runway to take off. And then it's the same for landing. And then when it's in the air, it kind of tilts forward and then it goes. The thing is now they've developed I think the F thirty five fighter jet has these, but with a jet engine instead of a prop rotor. So it's like a lot But nobody's in them, are they? What do you mean? Like who there there won't be apart from the person who's driving it, and even then it's dangerous for him. Yeah. So the so the military currently using it with the F thirty five, but they use it they use a jet engine instead of a um, prop rotor, um, and that's one of the best fighter jets in the world, I think, at the moment. But um, yeah, it's definitely not it's not taken off in commercial sector. No. Well, how can it? Because Concorde's gone. No, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Like, I just think. I think helicopters in general are just with helicopters, right? Yeah, it is is convenient and it's quick because it can literally take you from A to B, right? But the minute a helicopter something happens to it for whatever reason, and you're in the air, drops like a stone. Yeah, you're done, done. No, no matter what happens, like is with Kobe Bryant. Yeah, he used to always go on helicopters. But just on that day, for whatever reason, we I don't I don't think we even know why. Even that football player, Emiliano Sala, he probably thought, yeah, this is cool. I can literally go from the stadium of the old football club where I'm telling my old teammates goodbye to Cardiff or whatever. But minute it goes wrong. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think helicopters like, and even like with Newer, sorry, like with new um, innovations when it comes to aeroplanes. Obviously, you had Concorde. But I think once the accidents started, like, because I remember, like, growing up, like, there were so many accidents with Concorde. Hmm. I, I only remember the French one where it just literally fell out the sky. I think that might have just been that one. I, yeah. might, I think that was the main one. I don't think it even reached the sky, did it? I think it, t- it took off and then it blew up shortly after takeoff. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where I think it can only go to a certain level. Yeah, I mean the like, thing is, don't even push like the, um, the seven eight seven max. Sorry, seven three seven max um, is still grounded because of it has um, software in it that makes it d- nose dive. That's just seems completely daft. Um, but yeah, I, I mean I've been in two helicopters. Um, and have to say, it was like very fun experience. One time, I was, yeah, I, was I can like, imagine. I, I mean, I don't want to spoil the fun of helicopters, y'all. Like, obviously, if if you guys are into helicopters, by all means, do it, do it, do it. But I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, man. Like, if it's uh, in the air and it goes wrong, yeah, it's then... not, gonna, not, it's not very good. Um. It's not going to end well. Um, no. So, yeah. But I think that's the but thing. But obviously, as helicopters, if you guys are on helicopters, go on helicopters. You know, get get your helicopters on, y'all. Like, get your helicopters on, get your propeller jets on, get your speed planes on. Like, do your thing. Like, it's 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 all good in the hood. Yeah, I mean, it's fun, but yeah, very... Not, not going to look good. But anyway, that was the end of it. So basically, they, they were wrong about that, about it being the future of air, air, air travel. <laughs> I'll say. 
and I know that we've watched the next episode that I watched together because we mentioned we were talking about it last night was um the storm chasing episode um uh, and then they were talking about some a man at the beginning that thought he'd made it an aircraft which I there's there's so many there's so many um so many ways I you know as a non-engineer person that you could make to like help survive an airplane crash and this guy thought he'd make it make an aircraft that you could survive any crash on and he got his mates to pull out push him off a cliff um in i'm not air- sure i watched this one it's the one with the tornadoes oh oh okay um so yeah they pushed him off a cliff in his aircraft and then he he, he got knocked unconscious but he didn't die um and then he is kind of one I don't of those remember that, this so he kind of when he wakes up he's like see it works um I don't remember this one um, this is literally just right at the beginning. They just, like um, had the thing, and then, uh, and then they had this the cool the self cooling can. So when you when you crack it open, it goes ice cold. Ah. Um, and then was it's this really Shindogu? Bad. No, this was like a proper one. This was like one of those ones. They were just talking about ones that were, uh, like you know the ideas that um were used oh so when... you used the hydrofueler carbon right or something yeah like that. exactly yeah and then but it was really bad for the environment or something but um, i remember when i was younger and I, they had like coffee ones do you remember do you remember they're, they're only there for a very short time but like you'd pop the bottom of the can and the can would go hot like really hot and then you you'd have I a hot coffee this. in a can um i had it what? i had it a couple of times on the bus uh, for to school um because our bus stop was at a um our bus stop was at a shop, like the local shop. Was all the kids used to be around the thing, so we would always be in the shop buying sweets and whatever. Yeah, and they had these cans, so I thought I'd give it a go. Um, turns out it's really hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and then yeah, so then we went to the tornado, the tornado, tornado alley, tornado yeah. geezer. Yeah, and he was the guy to 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 plant the snail or something yeah. like that in, in, yeah, in invent in a, snail that can measure tornadoes. Yeah. It measures seismic activity caused by the, well, I don't know what the, I mean, tornadoes are quite, they're, they're one of those amazing like natural, um, natural phenomena. That's, I think you can't say anything else, but they're awesome. Like, no, no, not, yeah. don't mean like totally rad or something, but I mean, awesome is in they inspire or like, Imagine just something that just comes out of the sky and just like destroys you and sucks you up and then you blow away. Yeah. It's just like, that's just incredible. Um, anyway, um, so this geezer was like um, chasing storms kind of thing. Um, mm. One thing I noticed, I'm not sure if you noticed in his car. It, so right now, obviously, we have these like, you know, great like LED flat screen things and everything's fantastic. You can do most things on your phone. This guy had like a weather channel thing but he had it on a tv like do you know like those kind of like portable tvs but he had it built <laughs> into his car so like these things are enormous and people still manage to build them it's it's incredible um and then they had that shindogu was it maybe maybe the useless invention society had the rain jacket thing oh yeah and he's going to walk around spraying people with water raining mac you yeah. had like sally gray just walking in the park and just going la, 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 just water <laughs> coming out and yeah this was yeah, I like this. This was uh, very funny. Um, and then they had this Shindogu, which I thought was actually a really good idea, was the Shindogu lawn sandals. I thought that, <laughs> I, I thought they were a great idea. So instead of having like walking on grass where you might step on 
sharp things, weeds or unsavory dog left behinds. Um, you have you just get a lawn and and put it on your sandals and then walk around. You got you can walk on grass all day every day. It's great. Um, <laughs> I thought that was quite funny. Um, and then they went on to the ground effect craft where um, um, well I thought this was quite great. So so basically they it it's a plane that goes on water kind of thing and it oh it the can flare only, craft yeah it can only fly like a few feet up in the air. But it can like basically skim across the water, and it's like it's, it's kind of different to a hovercraft where it doesn't kind of ride in its own cushion of air. It you know it creates like lift like an aeroplane. Um, but the thing is, you can tell that she's um, she's putting it on for the camera. If you watch closely, she's kind of like it, the fir- the takeoff's very bumpy because you're 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 like a boat and you're bouncing along all the waves. And then when it gets up in the air, it's fine. But still going like 110 miles an hour, that's pretty quickly to be going that close to the ground. It must yeah. feel like you're going like super fast. And then boom, when you boom, when, boom. yeah, and when you when you land then obviously the, the cushion of air goes weak and then you crash to the to the to the water. And you could tell that she was feeling a little bit gippy. And she's kind of a little bit like, Yeah, let's totally do this again sometime and then like cut cut the camera, cut yeah. the camera. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> was it Sally Gray that did this? Or was it um Um I, was, I think it was Sally Gray. Was it Angela? It? I don't know now. I think it might have been Sally actually, yeah. I think it was Sally, but now you've yeah. made me second guess myself. Sorry, um, um did you talk about the Shindogu earring ticket holders? Oh no, I didn't actually. You can talk about those. That was that was that was actually a pretty good one. So it's like, obviously, if you've got your ticket, uh, and then you just pull it out of your ears, and then you can go through the barrier. Thing of the past now, though, really. (laughs) Contactless payment cards and um, the one after there was glue socks and a other waterproof suit thing where they chucked the water over him at the end. That was quite funny. Uh, oh, yeah, and then, the, the, the glue sock that was invented in Japan. Yeah. And a solar power jacket. And then oh, the, it's like with solar panels, yeah. And you can glue you can uh, power your mobile phone and pulls out this like weird old yeah. you know, kind of thing with just like loads of buttons on it and an air a big old aerial. And you there. can you can you can power your walkman as well. <laughs> the thing is I didn't I didn't realise there was a world where I mean like Apart from like the massive, huge mobile phones, I didn't realize there was a world where mobile phones were that commercially used at the same time as Walkmans. I thought it was kind of like Walkmans died out before mobile phones came in to be no. like. It would um, just be really, really big. Yeah, I know. But the thing is, I don't remember. I remember my dad's first ever mobile phone. And that was like, it was called, it was a BT Cellnet one. And it was like the one that looked like a house phone would nowadays. And yeah. Yeah. And it had a SIM card the size of a credit card. <laughs> or Ericsson. Ah, oh, the Sony Ericsson, yeah. And well, before the, Sony, Ericsson, yeah. It, was um, Ericsson, it had the, like, the two lines as a logo or something, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I think then the first... Oh, the field test was the small hot air balloon that protects against the sun. Oh, yeah, that was stupid. I, didn't, I did not enjoy these things. Yeah. That would never work. That would definitely never work. Just wear a hat. Get on with it. Yeah. Is that all episodes? Uh, that's yeah, all the episodes I watched. Yeah. So, because there was there was a, I think there was only three episodes on YouTube, and I basically watched a lot. So the other episode that was available to watch, 
So they're basically talking about the first thing they were talking about was cleaning agents that was found in foods. You can actually use that for cleaning as well. So that was an interesting thing. They're talking about crazy toilets in Japan. So this was Sally Gray going to like all these different toilets in Japan. And they basically um, they have like ornaments that make all these kind of noises. So obviously you got Sally Gray in the toilet, like, and then you just see like someone with um, oh, what's it called? The um, psh, psh, psh. the symbols. Yeah, someone's in symbols. She's like, ah, while she's uh in the toilet. That was quite funny. I wrote down that one of the prizes that you could win was a multimedia PC. Mm. Wow, how times have changed. Oh, the Shindogu. You know what it was? Masks. Really? Fresh air masks. That was oh. what it was. Shindogu, my ass, mate. This is this was a one that was spot on. This was no Shindogu. This is a major key alert. All right. Wear a mask, people. Wear a mask when you're outside. Yeah, so the Shindogu, yeah, it's fresh air mask. So you just put on this big thing over your mouth and your nose and you walk around. But I think the difference is that you're not going to be carrying some big old oxygen thing. I mean, that's what the, the, the aim of this one was. But, but apart from that, everything else was pretty much there. Also, this again, this was a not that bad invention. So this was um, a walking suitcase. So this was basically a suitcase that had four legs that could just basically walk along with you. I mean, that's, so, that's, a good, that's a good idea. That is a, that's a very good idea. Like, I would... If that was... If I'm Sally Gray, I would have got the pattern for that and just developed it and made a million. Like, it's, it's, and obviously they kind of made it all stupid, whatever. So the, the suitcase is going past the barrier or whatever and sally's like ah come back here you silly suitcase and you'll never walk again and and what have you and then they did like a, a segment in mount shirani which was basically studying volcanoes and things of that nature so you had uh, a shindogu ice shindogu ice guard so when you're having a drink you don't want the ice falling out of your mouth so you've got like ice guards on the cups that prevents the ice from from falling out of the cup. Um, what else? You had they were talking about an old invention that was invented in 1921. So this was a man catching tank, but obviously it was quite flawed because obviously it had like hooks or whatever, so it could try and grab it. But obviously you can manipulate that. You can manipulate it and you can obviously make sure that you don't get caught. And the other one was a UFO detector. Because obviously the biggest question is, are we alone in this earth and what have you? So you can come up with your own UFO detector. Yeah, so that was that. Was that. And uh, yeah, one of the interesting things as well was um, they the competition that they did so like the 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 most like stupidest invention whatever like my man got to visit the queen really? she just yeah she pulled up in one of these events like just she just pulled up 
meeting, you know, the competition winner. Yeah. Yes, it was quite satisfactory. I mean, I've very, never even very seen well the Queen. Done. What's that? I've never even seen the Queen, like with I my just own came eyes. To uh, Valentine's Park many moons ago. Really? Yeah. And yeah, that was uh, it'll never work. I think one of the things I wanted to say was how did they have the budget to go to all of these places? Uh, oh well, I mean, Top Gear wasn't on the BBC at that point, so. Um, they probably had quite a lot more money than they do now. You literally have like them going to California, going to Tokyo, going to everywhere yeah, like around the two world. Two minute VTs as well. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine like that? how? Either that you know they pulled it back straight away, or do you reckon she had a holiday out there? I'd imagine you would. I mean, that'd have been a cool job, wouldn't it? Just go around filming like. Two minute VTs of like weird, of like weird stuff around the world. Yeah, literally going to California every other episode, going to this place, that place. But yeah, this was a this was a really cool show, and oh, we have to pick. Um, the thing is, it's this tricky one because. Like, actually, no, it's not. I'm going to pick how to. Oh. You know what? I was going to pick how to, but because I'm petty and because Fred Dinage's daughter is a Tory, I'm going to go with it will never work. And also because, like I said, I've really liked the presenters. Sally Gray, like, she's yeah. the one... Shout out to Sally Gray. Like I said, I'm going to try and see if we can interview her for this. Because obviously, big part of uh, of our childhoods. And yeah, like it was just, this show was, was wacky. It was goofy. It was educational. It was everything. Yeah, it's like, it's like I said, it was really good. Like both of the shows are really good at like yeah, inspiring, yeah, yeah. Both inspiring shows minds. Both shows amazing. Like, like I just think it's just, it's really needed. But the thing is, these things are great, but they need to be followed up in the classroom as well. Like mm. you need, you need to have like inspiring curriculum and, and, and delivery of the curriculum, like reading a textbook to a kid and making them answer the questions is not going to make him remember. No, you know I mean, do you no. having, having like, having like a lesson where you've like, imagine like planning some like experiment and then like, obviously you have to write things down. That's a whole point. And you have to learn how to do things a proper way. And sometimes a proper way is not the most fun, but you know, imagine like just saying, inspiring a kid to think, how does that work? You know, what happens if I take this off? What happens if, you know, something that, you know, is, it will just like make you think and to, and to have this like kind of this will to learn rather than just being told to read a textbook and write yeah down. yeah I mean, yeah like if the, if if that if they kind of got together it would be amazing but um i think that the, yeah the obviously the education system isn't the greatest in in the world but um yeah no i mean both shows were amazing this is a a week where there isn't one where i think is better than the other i just picked it will never work because of sally gray and because i'm petty so that's why <laughs> but no both shows are great 
Shout out to both shows. Shout out to Fred Dinage. He's alive, isn't he? Just have a quick Google. Yes, I think he's alive. Shout out to 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 Fred. Shout out to Gareth. Shout out to Carol Vorderman. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to how to it's, presenters. It's and... Seventy-eight. There you go. Seventy-eight years young, baby. Seventy-eight years young. All right. Shout out, my man. Shout out. Right now we're on to the main event. Bill Nye, the science guy. So we're going back to, again, September 1993. So some of the things happening in the world. Israeli Minister of Foreign Affairs Shimon Perez and PLO official Mahmoud Abbas signed the Oslo One Peace Accord. But UOG listeners already knew that. Norodom Sihanouk again is installed as the King of Cambodia. Prime Minister Gro Harlem Brutland, what a name, retains office in Norway. Fortress was in the cinemas. And Moving On Up by M People was in the charts. Please tell me you know this song. Um, I think it, it rings a bell. Love a bit of M People. Bill Nye the Science Guy. So this was a half-hour live-action science program that was syndicated by Walt Disney TV. I think it was also known as Disney's Bill Nye the Science Guy. So yeah, this is a quirky, humor, rapid-fire, MTV-style pacing. Show won critical acclaim and nominated for 23 Emmy Awards, winning 19. That's a great record. That's cracking, yeah. And studies also found that people that viewed Bill Nye regularly were able to generate explanations and extensions of scientific ideas than non-viewers. So, um, originally the idea of the show came while Bill Nye was performing a sketch comedy television show in Seattle called Almost Live. And so he cultivated a science-explaining TV persona one famous incident on the show led to his stage name. So, yeah, he cre- he corrected another host, John Keister, on his pronunciation of the word gigawatt. Because I'm pretty sure he's probably said gigawatt, like um, in Back to the Future. 3.5 gigawatts! Great Scott! And <laughs> what have you. And, and, so, and the nickname was born when Keister responded, Who do you think you are? Bill Nye the Science Guy? And so that was when he went, it was born. Ah, okay, that's not bad. And so they developed a pilot for KCTS TV in Seattle. And he collaborated with James McKenna, Aaron Gottlieb, and Elizabeth Brock to plan and create the show for KCTS. So they pitched the show as Mr. Wizard meets Pee-wee's Playhouse. And he successfully obtained underwriting from the National Science Foundation and the U.S. Department of Energy. And Bill Nye's program became a package, became part of a package of syndicated series that local stations could schedule to fulfill Children's Television Act requirements. And because of this, Bill Nye, the science guy, became the first program to run concurrently on both public and commercial stations. 
He portrays a hyperkinetic, tall and slender scientist wearing a blue lab coat and bow tie. He combines the serious science of everyday things with fast-paced action and humor. Each show would begin with a cold open where Nye introduces the episode's theme, which leads to an opening credit sequence featuring Nye in a computer animated scientific world, along with his head spinning, radio frequencies, and plastic toy dinosaurs flying. Announcer Pat Cashman would say, brought to you by, in which a product name was related to the episode's theme, followed by Nye walking onto the set called Nye Laboratories, which is filled with scientific visuals, including many of science contraptions announced dramatically and also relevant to the theme theme of the episode. And parodies of movies and television shows will configure the facts of the episode's theme. The theme song was written by maths teacher turned songwriter Mike Green, and it was inspired by Danny Elfman and Oingo Boingo when composing the theme and used a voice for singing Bill Nye the Science Guy, Bill Nye the Science Guy refrain. And some of the segments of the show include Way Cool Scientist, which featured an expert discussing the fact relating to the episode's theme. Consider the following, where Nye discussed a certain aspect of the episode's theme, Nifty Home Experiment, where the audience is shown how to do simple home experiment relating to the episode's theme. Try This, where the audience is shown how to try a simple demonstration related to the episode's theme. Hey, look at this, where the expert gives a closer look by relating to the episode's theme. Check it out, where the audience is shown how to affect their environmental issues by relating to the episode's theme. Clever Science Trick where the audience is shown how to do a simple science trick relating to the episode's theme. And did you know that? Where an interesting factoid related to the episode's theme was presented. And Luna Van Dyke, Private Eye, was one of the recurring segments on the show. And in conjunction with the production of Bill Nye the Science Guy, KCTS-TV conducted several research studies that evaluated how effective the program was as an educational tool. In one study, it was found that viewers of the program made more observations and sophisticated classifications than non-viewers. And in surveys of elementary students who watched the program, most children concluded that Nye made kids like science more. When surveyed together, Nye was a scientist or actor and comedian. Most students asserted that he was a scientist, though many said both. Students also described Nye as almost equally funny and smart and believed that he was a good source of information. So did you think he was a good source of information? I have to say I did because I was learning some stuff as well as being thoroughly entertained. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I the first thing about this was I thought when you first told me about the show I thought it was called Bill and I like Bill and I the science guy <laughs> um so and if you google um Bill and I the science guy it comes up with this show so I think it's like I wasn't completely on my own when I thought of that um I mean the first one I watched was like about vo- volcanoes and it was like I was amazed how in depth and like the explanation it was given to kids like it was i thought it was fantastic 
yeah so the thing about bill nye the science guy is obviously we're from the uk so we can kind of look at this from the point of view of we've never seen it before maybe a lot of brits wouldn't may may not have heard of bill nye at all yeah not to be confused with bill nye <laughs> but no yeah it was very very educational it was very very cool it was what i was saying before about science like i just couldn't get into science so obviously if you had this program growing up as a kid i think i would have liked it very very much i think like i think one thing you need to learn as a kid is like what scientists do and what you can do as a scientist or you know how to what's going to happen if you do do you know what i mean because i think you're not really taught what careers are available when you're learning a subject and i think that that would be really useful so if you're learning like astrophysics or whatever you, you know you want to be an astrophysicist and you learn that oh when you when you're learning about this this was really useful at this time do you see what i mean like yeah or, yeah yeah rather than just like just think of some guy in a lab coat with a test tube no but like with okay there's two things so i think yeah like i said before with um with the whole science theme like if I had this show growing up, maybe I would not have hated science as much as I did. And another point is, is that if this show was in the UK, I doubt many people in my school would be talking about this show. Because while it was entertaining and fun, you could imagine people in school going, oh, you watch, if you watch Bill Nye, you're a massive geek or massive nerd. Yeah, actually, I didn't think of it like that. It's one of them programs where it's very, it's very set for a certain audience. Yeah. Only a certain portion of kids would watch this show and it would be the ones who are more interested in science, more interested in, in that learning and rather than playing out with school doesn't and... finish at 3.15 for them. It finishes when Bill Nye is over. So that's um that's that that's that's the two things I wanted to say. And yeah, let's go into episodes. So, did you watch the pilot? No. I did. The pilot was called Flight. No, I didn't watch that, so you better. Yeah, I'll just, yeah. So, this is just basically talking about how you're learning about the Bernoulli effect, which kind of is the, the, the science that enables that planes leave the ground and fly. Is that where, like, the cushion of air goes over the wings and then under the wings yeah yeah and so like without air you ain't flying so they're talking about yeah air pressure and 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 lift as well so the the concept of lift and yeah so just talking about that the try this segment was basically you can lift a heavy book using a balloon so i think you get a balloon you put it on the on the table you kind of put a heavy book on top of it if you blow out the balloon, the book will just kind of rise up kind of thing. And yeah, so they're talking about things that can fly, whether they're human or non-human. And yeah, so and obviously at the end of every episode, what they do is they have like a a musical performance, which is basically like a parody of a really, really famous song. So in this one, it was Smells Like Air Pressure which was a parody of the classic Nirvana song Smells Like Teen Spirit, 
which you know, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say. I'm not bad on all music, just most of it. Like a good 99% of it. <laughs> right, so what's the episodes you watched then? So I watched one, and this instantly caught my eye, because um, since I was a kid, and I have no idea why, I've been absolutely fascinated with volcanoes. Like, I've wanted to visit one for, like, forever, you know, see, like, some lava and this and that and the other. I thought it was absolutely amazing. The first thing they talk about was something I studied at, remember studying at school just as part of the curriculum. And do you know, like, this, those those topics where you just remember them because they are fascinating to you? He was talking about how um, the Mount St. Helens, when that blew up in, was it 1980 or something like that? Um, and this was a different... Um, this was kind of like a um, scandal because geologists were warning people that it's going to erupt. It was getting all the signs and things. This is going to erupt. And it was bulging from the side. And then they were saying, oh, no, it's fine. It's not going to happen. And then all of a sudden, it literally just, the whole mountainside blew off and um, and devastated like kilometers of, of landscape. Um uh, anyway, so that's just that's the thing that I remember. And he was talking about Mount St. Helens to begin with. Um, and then another thing that was interesting is that um, the Hawaiian Islands were built by volcanoes and magma plumes that are underneath the Earth's crust, which was, like, mind-blowing for me. So so basically, as the plates move, so the, the kind of plates are moving on a normal trajectory, and the the magma plume comes up and pushes like a mountain from the earth's crust all the way up and makes an island right then like a conveyor belt the the plate moves and then it does it again and it makes another island and that's how the hawaiian islands were formed by like a conveyor belt of tectonic plate being pushed up by um magma underneath the earth's crust which i thought was amazing Where am I? So they're kind of coming back and forth. They're talking. They're talking about fizzy drinks. Does fizzy make it? Does heat make it more fizzy, or does ice make it more fizzy? But then it cut off, and then it didn't show me which one was the better one. So if you were to guess, I'd what would you say? If I was to guess, I would say um, heat. I know that when you put it in ice, it expands. But the problem is that when you do heat, like if you ever left a bottle out in the sun, and then gone back to drink it, and it goes crazy when you take the lid off. No, it just gets hot, doesn't it? Well, it goes. It makes a big old fizzy noise at you. But I, I, I guess I've kind of answered my own question. It must be ice, right? Because if you leave a bottle of pop in the freezer, it will explode, right? No, it won't. Try it. It just turns into rock solid. Rock solid ice. Well, I, th- I think this is worth an experiment between me and you. What, if you put like a, a fizzy pop drink into the freezer, you're saying, and it's going to blow up? Yeah. Well, maybe not plastic one. Maybe try a glass one, like a glass bottle of Coke. I mean, I haven't a clue because I'm not good at science. I haven't got a clue what happens with glass. But with a normal bottle, we've done it loads of times. All right. Let's try, try it with a glass bottle. See what happens. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know which one's the winner. What do you think? Heat or ice? I would have said heat as well, to be fair. Fair enough. Um, and then, um, so they were talking about. Um, it went on to talk about lava fields, where like lava is flowing underneath, but like the top is like kind of rock hard lava. Um, like what's it called? What's lava called when it's rock? Igneous rock. 
That was a less that was a less uh, cool answer than I thought it was going to be. Um, <laughs> I know the difference between magma and lava, and basically they're the same thing. But magma is when it's underground, and lava is when it's uh, up. And, um, but I found it, yeah, this thing of like volcanoes and lava and things that I find such an amazing thing, like such amazing natural phenomena. It's like I'd love to see one before I die. Um, and um but not die whilst i'm seeing it that would be also quite good um why don't you go so to one Vesuvius of the things... then i heard they got a big big old volcano down there yeah but have you seen they still got people in um uh cemented in volcanic dust right because they're uh they when it erupted oh i actually know the longest word that i know um, and I think it's one of the dictionaries. Anti-disestablishmentarianism. No, it's about it's about a disease you get when you inhale concrete dust. And it's called um, new mono ultra microscopic silico volcanoconiosis. That's a real is that word. Longer than anti-disestablishmentarianism. It, it is, yeah. I think this is the longest word in the something 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 dictionary. So just moving on quickly, there was um, there was, they're explaining all about the volcanoes, and to be honest, I could probably talk about this all day. But <laughs> um, out of nowhere, the show—I'm not sure if you noticed—but the show was very choppy, very like this segment here. This yeah, segment yeah, here, yeah, this segment here. definitely. Um, they wanted to get a lot in. Yeah, and it's kind of like quite home improvement at the beginning, I thought. But um, what one of the things that stopped the show absolutely dead and literally left me like with my tea in my hand and my mouth wide open was, and I'm not going to explain this properly because um, the thing, but basically they had this enormous, obvious sexual innuendo right in the middle. And it was repeated over and over again. And so that it was really drilling the point home that this is a sexual innu innuendo. And then even the little kid, there's a kid at the table. He was more of like a, early teenager and he literally left it he's like can i be excused now like really shy from his parents um, i saw something like that as well so so another one in your in yeah one yeah you yeah yeah so this, this honestly this sh stopped the show dead for me and i i couldn't believe like what i was watching because he, he was literally saying to his wife he had a thing and he was like like had this whatever he was doing and he was saying like what does this remind you of what does this remind you of and kept saying what does this remind you of what does this remind you of and i was like uh <laughs> where are you going with this and then she said oh that reminds me of a um uh a cinder or a stratocone volcano with something or other and i was like like as in like use the proper scientific terminology of what he was doing but it was clearly a sexual innuendo, and I couldn't understand why that was left in. I really, it was inappropriate for the children, and they're not going to understand it. And obviously, the the parents are there, but I just don't understand why it was left in the kids' show. Um, very, very peculiar. Um, and then they went on to this weird cop show, like this kind of drama sequence, and there was, and it was kind of like a like the 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 names of the volcano, volcanic dust, and the vol different volcanoes were like this kind of drug gang and they were trying to figure out where it came from and they're like oh maybe it came from the the um magma chamber of a volcano and this and that and the other and it, but it's, there was no point to it it was very weird like very peculiar thing to put in the um 
in a segment of a show. And then they explained the difference between active and extinct volcanoes. And then they sung a song. Um, and it was instead of don't go chasing waterfalls, it was don't go chasing lava flows. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, I kind of like, it's a bit like, what the hell is this? But a little bit, I enjoyed it as well. Yeah, I did like the parody singing. I do, I do, I do, I do like that. But yeah, the the innuendo stuff, I did, I did notice a little bit of it, and I do remember it being very choppy. So I, I think I got nine segments down. Really? That's a lot wow. of segments for one show. I think way too. Much. Yeah, I, it was too choppy. And the thing is, the episodes didn't even feel shorter as, as a result. They felt quite long yeah. and disjointed yeah. rather than choppy and exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so the only other episode I watched was all about the food web. So basically, where where does all of your food that you like so much comes from? And yeah, so it's just basically talking about how chicken comes from plants, burgers come from plants, lettuce comes from plants, wheat comes from plants. And there was um, Alfonso Ribeiro made an appearance in this episode. Or Carlton from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. So yeah, he he was in it. He was doing some cool tricks with um, with Bill Nye. He also had um, a thing where they're talking about all living things depend on plants. You had uh, Bill Nye talking about photosynthesis, photosynthesis, which I actually guessed, which I kind of gave myself a pat on the back. So he's basically saying that how. Um, Plants make food using, I think, light, carbon dioxide, and water, and that's how you make photosynthesis. And I was like, I was like, and it, when he was explaining the process, I was like, that's photosynthesis, isn't it? Yeah, and but when they're at nighttime, when they're not photosynthesizing, they breathe in oxygen and they give out carbon dioxide. Oh, fascinating. And yeah, so photosynth- photosynthesis, I don't know why I can't even say this word. Photosynthesis means making from light. Pretty self-explanatory, like when you when you break it down like that, isn't it? Yeah, when he, when he <laughs> did that, I was like, that's, that's <laughs> really, really cool. And so they're doing all this really, really cool stuff. And then obviously you had the little boy of his parents and his parents are going, eat your vegetables. And he's like, do I have to eat my vegetables? And you got like the cheap laugh track. Ha 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 Yes, you do. Ha 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 Like the end of the episode, it's like he's sitting there alone on the dinner table. And it's like, you're not leaving that table if you, unless you eat all your greens, Billy. And so he's just literally sitting there and like the parents are having a little boogie together. And so he's like, okay, I'll eat my vegetables as long as you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, so that, yeah, that, that was something that was really unnecessary. Yeah, so it sounds like it's the family, but the family segment yeah. is very dodgy. Yeah, I'm trying to is look, it... where could it go? Because it's not, it doesn't go with any of the segments that I've got written down. No, I think it's just like one of those things like, you know, kind of a comic relief-y kind of segment, but it's just like the kids won't understand it. and no. And yeah, the the song they sing at the end was Food Webby Web, which was a parody of the song that I talked about before, What's My Name by Snoop Dogg. That was quite funny. And yeah, that was the episodes I watched of Bill Nye the Science Guy. So uh, what do you think overall? Um, I did watch one more episode, but it was like about levers and... Yeah, talk about it. 
bring us home. It was talking about like levers and changing direction of forces and how like you you know how you instead of applying direct force you can use a lever to like multiply your force if you if you like. Um and then I learned that the bit in the middle of um in a, in the middle of a lever is called a fulcrum, which is like the pivot point of a lever. Yeah, that makes sense. Which I'm for. Um and then like basically everything's a lever, even a wheel. Um, then you, they're talking about ramps and staircases and screws, um, and then random things. And it was they had a really cool prosthetic limbs bit about how how like you know someone lost an arm, they have like pulleys to to open and close a like a prosthetic hand, um, that, which is used like kind of on the shoulder blade, which is quite fascinating. I never realised how that happened. I always wondered how you control a hand if you don't have one mm. kind of thing. Um, and then the song at the end was something about pulleys, and it, instead of like A B C one two three or something, something like A B C pulley one two three, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, this was like a, this felt like a very long episode, and it was a kind of a bit disjointed. Um, this show I thought was ve- like at times very informative, very entertaining, um, and at others confusing, um, disjointed, and and just long. Yeah, I I, I agree, and. Um... Yeah, overall thoughts? Um, look, what about all of the shows or just this one? You could do all of them if you like. I mean, the thing is, this show was like, was great. Like, it was, like I said, it was really, really, I learned things in the show, even as an adult. Um, and if you can make that in an entertaining way to engage children, like, even better. Um, I, I just think that, like, like I said, these shows are like paved the way for like Mythbusters and and Gadget Show and things like this. Like Mythbusters, if anyone out there has not seen Mythbusters, I thoroughly recommend watching it because this again, it's a, this one's a more adult version of you know what happens if this or would could this really happen or or something like that. And one of those are the shows that are just like for me are absolutely fascinating. Like they 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 go like they try and bust myths like from. Um, uh, from like from from movies and things like that, and uh, could this really happen in real life? And most of the cases, obviously, Hollywood is Hollywood, and real life is real life. But they always try to reenact it as well, so it's great. Um, but these shows, or even if they're not your favorite cup of tea, like I said, that they they kind of inspire that little. Even if it's another show, that's even better. But like, you know, they they take the good and leave the bad kind of thing. Um, if it's helping some kids just have a little bit more enthusiasm and um and kind of inspiration from school then that's that's absolutely fantastic yeah definitely and yeah obviously you know with with all three shows it was like i said i wanted to bring this element to it so i wanted to just not only yeah because obviously it's yeah we'll talk about tv shows and cartoons and you know we'll still do that and things of that nature but obviously these kind of shows as well are just as important and i just wanted to do that and obviously over the next coming weeks or whatever we're gonna we're gonna be doing similar similar shows of 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 this nature and 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 really kind of looking those kind of shows that we also watch as part of syndicated programming especially in this country as well as the cartoons as well as the tv shows we'd be watching stuff like this so we probably will talk about Art Attack and the really wild show and Smart and yeah shows 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 like that. So um, 
we'll try and mix it in with all the other stuff that we do. But yeah, that will be a, a good place to, to bring it to an end. And uh, yeah, like I said, uh, Yesterday's Capers is available wherever you get your podcast from. Like, listen, share, download, subscribe, do whatever it is that your podcast platform allows you to do. Once again, I appreciate you guys all listening to the Hey Arnold episode. It's, yeah, becoming, I think, one of the quicker downloaded episodes. So appreciate y'all for that. And, um, yeah, so you can find Yesterday's Capers, like I said, wherever you get your podcast from. And uh, we're on the socials as well. On Instagram, it's Yesterday's Capers 1. We're on Yesterday Capers. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash yesterday's capers. You can follow me on uh, the socials. On Instagram, it's Abdullah underscore Molim. And on Twitter, it's Abdullah Molim, all one word. Give me a holler. Give me a shout. And uh, yeah, join us next week for another episode of Yesterday's Capers. <laughs>